Anthony Davis has had more free throws and attempts than the entire Raptors team. Ridiculous. That's ball game. Davis makes it. Barrett lobs it into Schroeder. Ahead to Siakam, three ball. He knocks it down at the buzzer, and Prince contested the shot. I don't know why he would have put himself in a position to potentially foul Siakam. Pascal knocked it down, and the Raptors lose by one. I got no words. I got, I got no words. We could be going to overtime right now if they had actually taken or given the foul to Christie on the Barnes dunk attempt, let alone about 15 other times that we talked about a no call in this game. 36 to 13 free throw attempts. That's all I'll say. We got more to say. Uh, it's the Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, the fan, Ben Ennis. Brent Gunning, good morning to everybody but Ben Taylor, who was the lead official in last night's Raptors. One-point loss in L.A. to the Lakers, 132-131. I'm very tired because I stayed up watching that game. I'm also very tired because I could not sleep mm. in a blind rage. Mm. <laughs> Go to bed, 1 o'clock in the morning. Holy cow, good morning, Brent. Good morning. I, uh, I, that is, it's, you know, that's parlance for our show. We like to say it. Good morning! And I just tweeted it out with Coach Darko's face this morning. Because I think that's kind of, that, that's how we feel right now, this morning. A rant for the ages. Uh, ben Taylor, rightfully so, catching all of the vitriol. Mm. Uh, he had help. There were two other officials in that game. Sure. Uh, I did somebody, because I am, I like to think of myself as the patron saint of ref complaining. Or at mm. least I, I've tried to move away from it, but in my heart, that's where I go to. So people alert me to when this is happening. Uh, our guy, Will Lou, on the postgame show last night, uh, he does his three stars of the game, uh, you know, because he's such a hockey guy. Uh, he gave all three stars to the officials last night. Uh, one, two, three. Couldn't have said it any better. Coach Darko couldn't have said it any better. It's, what a night. Yeah. It's a hard sport to officiate. I get that, right? Like there are, you can call a foul on almost every, every, every uh, possession that uh, ends in a player going strong to the hole, right? Like there's mm -hmm. this contact around the bucket. So I, it's so hard to, to review, to like use your challenge if if you're talking about a block charge or you know mm -hmm. foul, no foul, Emmanuel yeah. quickly, you know he he didn't make a contact initially, but his hand was on the back, and so the mm -hmm. call uh, stands in the second half of that basketball game. But it's one thing to you know have a couple of calls go against you; it's quite another to have a 23 to two free throw disparate uh, uh, discrepancy in one single quarter, which is what happened last night. The Lakers had 23 free throw attempts in the fourth quarter. The Raptors have two. Does that sound large to you? It should, yes. because it's the biggest free throw advantage in any quarter, in any game, in the NBA this season. Okay? Mm -hmm. so this is not one play, and there was one play that stood out. It was the R.J. Barrett moving screen mm -hmm. on what could have been a game-tying three from Scotty Barnes. It, it was just never-ending, the final two minutes of this basketball game. Before we go any further... Mm -hmm. The, the piece of audio and, and the big news story du jour in the sporting world in this yeah. city will be Darko Royakovich. Not this city. I, I think this will lead America today. <laughs> well, it is one thing to, yeah, right? to be the, the, we the other, but, but in a game that involves LeBron James mm -hmm. in L.A. against the Lakers, that does get headlines. Uh, all right, so not only was I offended by the officiating, 
Not only were the players on the court offended mm-hmm. by the officiating. I, also, I would like to love yeah. myself in there as well. Anybody with eyeballs was mm-hmm. offended, unless you're a Laker player or fan mm-hmm. or coach. Uh, Darko Royakovich yesterday was uh, the day that he became head coach of the Raptors. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. That's 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 outrageous. What happened tonight? This is completely BS. This is shame. Shame for the referees. Shame for the league to allow this. 23 free throws for them, and we get two free throws in in a fourth quarter. Like how to play the game. I all, I understand uh, respect for all stars and all of that, but we have star players on our team as well. How's possible as Scotty Barnes? who is all-star caliber player in this league, he goes every single time to the rim with force and trying to get, get uh, to, to the rim without flopping and, and not trying to get foul calls. He gets two uh, free throws for the whole game. How is that possible? How are you going to explain that, that, that to me? They had to win tonight? If that's, if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. But that, that was not fair tonight. And this is not happening first time for us. Scotty Barnes is going to be all-star. He's going to be the face of this league. And what, what's happening over here during whole season, I've been holding it back. It's a complete crap. Coach, do you feel like you're getting any explanations at all? That offensive foul, did you, did you see, like, get any explanations? No. No, there is no explanation. They just, they just come up there, they review what, and they see what they want to see. They don't want to hear us what we got to say. They don't want to hear the players. They, 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 they don't just want to protect us. Over again, they got 36 free throws, 23 free throws in, in the fourth quarter. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? How are we going to supposed to play? Is this a, a one-off, or do you feel this has been happening to your team a lot throughout the season? It's happening a lot. But I'm telling our guys, be professional. Keep fighting. Keep going for the next one. But until when? For how long? You leave the screaming like a lunatic to me, and he deserved it. Well done, Coach Darko. I didn't know he Darko had Darko Royakovich. Oh. There you go. That's how much. <laughs> wow. That's how much that endeared him to me last night. I didn't know he had it in him, honestly. Oh. There, there are moments, so I, I've been... This team was a slog to watch before the trade, not just because offensively they looked inept and didn't have Stuck enough good mud, players yeah. and but also because there was something unquantifiable and I don't know if you want to call it effort whatever you want to call it like there was just like no there's no juice to this Raptors team oh, yeah, before we did, the trade we did the start on time topic a lot yeah and I was like well obviously the players deserve the lion's share of the scorn for that but secondarily I was like well like at some point is the head coach not gonna say well, well this is unacceptable like what, what I I at some point, was the head coach not going to, you know, try and gin up his own amount of vinegar? And it never happened. And I went, okay, so he's just going to be the nice guy playing nice for the entire season. That's that's his role. That's mm-hmm. what he's been asked to do. And that's, Rookie head coach. And that's what the Raptors and Messiah Jerry Bobby Webster signed up for. Mm-hmm. Thank God that this version of <laughs> Darko Royakovich exists. And he says he's been holding it back, waiting for a moment. I mean, you're not going to get a better moment than that. This team playing... So exceedingly well mm-hmm. since the trade. Twice now on this road trip. The only two losses they've suffered since the trade. One last Friday we know for sure was a situation that the last two-minute mm-hmm. report told us Emmanuel quickly should have been shooting 
three free throws at the end of the game to tie it, and who knows what happens after that against the Kings. And then yesterday, the second loss, as the Raptors dropped to 2-2 two and two on this six-game road trip, the, the biggest free throw discrepancy mm-hmm. in the NBA in any quarter this season, despite the fact that this Raptors team, without their lone viable center against Anthony Davis, hanging in there, having a lead in the dying seconds of the fourth quarter. Congratulations, Darko Ryakovich. You endeared yourself to not just your players, but I think a lot of fans here in the city of Toronto. Yeah, we can, you know, we we look he looks laterally at his players, you know, he looks elsewhere in terms of the fan base. He can look up in the organization. Do we not remember the early parts of Masai Ujiri's tenure with the Toronto Raptors and wasn't always going at the league, sometimes was going at other players. We don't give a you know what about it. This is when this team was building, there was an attitude about them. And I don't say that in a bad way. I think we all love organizations that don't just take things on the back foot. They want to charge forward and and go about things their own way. And I think this was to a certain extent a return to form for this Raptors org. This is what they've done when they were building, when they were climbing. And obviously this is not super in character for a guy in Coach Darko, who he even said himself, he's been biting his tongue on this. So I, wa- I don't know if it's out of character because okay, so I don't me- know anything about him. So really, right? I wonder if, and you know, I don't want to make the. Well, I mean, I want to stay in the moment and react to last night's game and this, but I wonder if this is a bit of a. I don't want to overstate it, but a bit of a sea change moment where you know players always talk about what was your welcome to the mm. NBA moment, and not that Coach Darko needs to have when he's been around the league and in the league for a long time, but not as a head coach. Is this kind of his? Welcome to the NBA moment, not in, oh my God, this is a hard league because we hear those stories all the time, but oh, I can do this. I am more than capable enough and yeah, I'm going to go toe to toe with the NBA at large. And guess what? Guess what? I think pretty much everybody's going to have his back today outside of, well, I mean, Adam Silver, when he inevitably finds him for these comments Mm -hmm. and two, you know, anybody who looks at this through a Lakers colored lens, but everyone else is going to look at this saying, Good on you. Lakers get calls all the time. You know, I think it's overstated at times, but you're going to see a lot of low wine today. You're going to see that, and it's going to be people who take joy in the idea of LeBron always getting his way, and they're going to be thrilled that somebody called it out. So I think this is going to be – I don't want to overstate it, but I think this is a a bit of a building block or a stepping stone for him in terms of just feeling comfortable who he is at this level as a head coach in this league. Well – and it's, I think, going to be more effective because he was reserved, because he was holding back, mm-hmm. because this is not a, a Nick Nurse, like, every day is a new meme, oh, like, God, seven no. times a day. The the apoplectic face you, you got from, from Nick Nurse, there was almost too many to count, right? Like, mm-hmm. that, that this is generally a guy that has kept his cool, mm-hmm. that hasn't reacted in this fashion when there's been plenty of moments to react in this fashion. I mean, none more egregious. Like, they had 23... To two again, like it needs to be reiterated 23 to two in one quarter. And there wasn't a single Raptor who had more than three free throw attempts Mm -hmm. in the game, a single one. Mm -hmm. Well, and also, like, just just watch how the Raptors, as Darko rightly pointed out, were getting their their offensive looks. It, it, I mean, they hit their free at their threes and almost at 50 percent, but RJ Barrett. Scotty Barnes, Pascal attacking, Siakam, attacking, attacking. They were attacking the rim. Uh, my God, it's, it's just egregious. And I, I do. I, w- I would love to hear from. And I didn't see any post game from R.J. Barrett or Emmanuel quickly. And quickly fouled out. And boy, 
you know, growing, it's been a concern for him, uh, some foul trouble that he's found himself mm-hmm. in uh, a couple of times. It's it's limited him, and yesterday he missed the final couple of minutes of the game because he fouled out. And, I mean, boy, you want to talk about another weirdo call. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. it was clearly an offensive foul when he he, he went to the rim and, and his elbow made contact with the defending player, but that that was a flagrant foul was beyond me. Um, but yeah, I wonder how Emmanuel quickly and RJ Barrett who play in the Mecca in New York city at MSG for that Knicks franchise. I wonder if this is like, and I don't want to do the, like we're Toronto and, and, mm. and the NBA's out to get us do and, it, uh, and do like, it. do it, but yeah, do it. There have been numerous studies and, and you know, <laughs> Tom Haberstrow has, yeah. has written, about not just the foul discrepancy, but it's it's the the officiating units that get assigned to Raptors mm-hmm. games and that these are not the most senior crews in the NBA. I wonder if this is like, a, oh, an eye-opening moment for those guys who maybe haven't always benefited from the the, the whistle. And, and I think a guy like LeBron James, no matter who you are, he's going to benefit from the whistle. But this is... I, I don't want to be like Mr. Whining about the, mm-hmm. the officials thing, but there is some truth to the Raptors not getting the benefit of the doubt when yeah. it comes to NBA officiating. Yeah, of course. Of course there is. We know how th- this is how all sports operate to a certain extent in terms of star players are given a benefit of the doubt that is not given to other players. And, you know, say what you will about the strides the Raptors have made, especially since the trade. Yeah, you love what quickly could give you and you really like how Barrett's fit in. And hey, Pascal Siakam has been an all NBA guy in this league. Nobody on this roster in terms of star power, name, magnitude, whatever you want to put it, holds a candom or a candle to Anthony Davis and LeBron James in terms of what those guys have done in this league, the stature they hold. And that's not me saying to defend the calls that happened last night. No, it's egregious, but it's the worst of two worlds. You have a really inexperienced officiating crew. To your point, the Havistro piece, this has all been pointed out before, and you throw that in against the most experienced player. And I mean that, one, in terms of being able to work officials, get calls, but two... That guy's been seeing LeBron. That guy grew up watching LeBron games get calls. And I'm not talking about the players. I'm talking about the official, Ben Taylor. Like, with his age, he would have grown up watching LeBron James getting foul calls in this league. So I think there's something to that. I think it is definitely part of it as officiating crew. And it wouldn't, or I, I, I don't say it wouldn't matter the, the who was on the other side of this. But the fact that it's the Lakers just highlights it even more and makes it so much more egregious. So, yeah, I think there's probably some element for Barrett. But this was also, or, and quick as well but this was also a perfect storm of rookie of or younger officiating crew raptors young coach team that's young and then you throw in the two bona fide stars that get all the calls in this league in, in davis and lebron and yeah it's kind of a perfect storm for that yeah the takeaway from the game is obviously officiating so you can't avoid talking about the the foul discrepancy in the fourth quarter and we'll talk more about it as the day goes on but like the i guess the, there's a basketball component of yesterday sure as well. um so again like congrats to darko ryakovich for for showing some vim and vinegar for the first time this season congratulations to the raptors who not only are much better since the trade but also rejuvenated and d'angelo russell and rj barrett going at it it's everybody else game i liked it it's chippy <laughs> i mean this I, 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 saying they care more, is that too much? It does feel like they care a lot more. Like they're, 
Maybe it's, I don't know what comes first, right? Is it the being good in the belief that you can win any 48-minute basketball game or the caring? Like, what happens first? I, I, I would like to think that the caring comes first, but it might just be that, you know, R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel quickly step onto the court and Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes and Gary Trent Jr. and Dennis Schroeder and everyone's like, oh, oh, no, 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 we're not a team that, like, wins and losses are irrelevant for. Like, we can we can get back to 500. We can get at least back into the, the play-in tournament, if not better. And, yeah, the, the switch is turned back on. But whatever it is, it it – there's a, a clear change in mentality for this team. Obviously, there's something about having proof of concept. You see the early returns and say, oh, we can win. How does this, how, why shouldn't we carry ourselves in a different way? But I also don't think, and, and I don't mean this to begrudge the player that's no longer here, but just look at it from a personality. Go back to the term we used all the time at the beginning of the season, the vibes, the energy, whatever you want to however you want to phrase it. And, you know, I don't say it is OG Ananobi with somebody sulking all the time, but you see him like he's a high energy player in the terms of the way he plays, but he's not overly talkative. You know, we, he's, he is the drier sense of humor guy. You have Emmanuel quickly coming in who is the exact opposite. He is literally skipping up and down the court and his teammates are following him alongside. You throw in the fact that this is a homecoming to RJ Barrett or for RJ Barrett. The fact that him and quickly know each other. If there were any doubts from quickly's perceptor or, uh, you know, mindset of what's it going to be like coming in here. Barrett could have easily kind of quelled those doubts because they know one another. So I don't think it's any one of those things. I think the player, all the vibe stuff wouldn't have mattered a lick if the pieces didn't fit and the team was still bad. Guess what? It wouldn't have seemed like they were trying more or caring more, but I think it's, it's mostly that the pieces fit better together, but I don't think you can overstate what those two guys do personality wise for this team. It was a group that had just got stale. They were sick. Mm. I don't even know that they were necessarily sick and tired of each other, but I guarantee you they were sick and tired of playing the exact same basketball game. And you know how I know? Cause I was sick and tired of talking about the yeah. exact same basketball game for the better part of two years. And how can it not breathe new life to have again, a guy literally skipping up and down the court after made threes. How can that not like have you feeling better and just different about it compared to how it's been for the last two years? Yeah. Four fifths of the Raptors starting lineup had at least 20 points, including R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly, who, like, R.J. Barrett is, yeah, I mean, he's turned into Mr. Efficiency. He was 10 of 13 yesterday. Man, there, was, there was a play he made. I think it was late. It was either early in the third quarter, late in the second half. He He's cutting in. It's a bit of a fast break, and this is just goes to show the IQ a player like him has, and you hope that being you know, in the spot he is in the pecking order on this Raptors team, it should just allow him to find this more naturally, but he's cutting in. It's a bit of a fast break, and, you know, everyone knows R.J. Barrett's game. They think he's going to attack to the basket and he does but he pulls all the traffic to him finds Gary Trent Jr. wide open three and it's just those types of plays Mm. from Barrett that's what allows you to see the vision of how this can work out so well because again you we know what he is as a scorer but he has he's such a high IQ player as well and you saw it in that moment there just kind of jumped out to me yeah IQ Emmanuel quickly, he was 4-6 mm. from 3, he was 8-14 mm. from the field, 21 points did uh, have the, the 6 fouls, he fouled out of the game, but the, yeah, the Raptors shot 17-35 from 3, they just, they look very capable offensively, there's just, for sure, there, there is never a, a moment in the games that they've played under this new regime, under the R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel quickly uh, regime, in which they look like, oh, well, how are they going to get a bucket? There's there's guys that can create. They can create for themselves. And mm-hmm. as you rightly point out, they can create for others because of their ability 
to uh, to drive off the bounce. This is the first game without Jakob Pertl, who's out indefinitely. He's going to be, I guess, reevaluated after a couple of weeks. I mean, there, there is a reason why the Raptors gave up a first-round mm-hmm. pick for that guy. It's because, like, they don't have a lot of options at the at the five position. No. And, you, I mean, Dad Young uh, was filling in that role, and he had some some moments. And you got a guy in Jonte Porter Jr. Or Jonte Porter, like, every Porter is a junior. He's not. He's no. Jonte Porter uh, Sr. Um, yeah, he's getting some minutes. Like, the, the Raptors' options at that position are very limited, and it was why you thought, I mean, Grange was t- actually tweeting out Anthony Davis's career high in points being 59 in the first quarter. You're like, oh, well, how they're just not going to be able to stop this guy. And ultimately, he got his. He got his 40 plus. Yep. Um, a lot of it coming at the free throw line. 13 of 14. I will say that there is no player. In, in, correct me if I'm wrong. And and think of somebody if, if you can. Mm. There's no player that I can remember who will go into the Hall of Fame, yep. be a superstar player, okay. have a championship mm-hmm. that will be as bad as Anthony Davis. Like, Anthony Davis is not good. Like, Anthony Davis went, what, half the game without attempting a field goal after dominating the first quarter and understanding that the Raptors have no defense for mm-hmm. his size and his position in the paint. And, like, ultimately, yes, he does... He does end up winning the game for the Lakers, and boy, he was absolutely nails at the free throw line, given every opportunity, but he made all of them. Like, he was very, very good at the free throw line. Mm-hmm. But I, I got to tell you, it's just I, I I don't view him as a winning player, and I know that's so stupid because he's won. Mm-hmm. No, that guy stinks. Yeah, he's probably going to be a winning player uh, in Paris as well in, uh, in, in 2024. I, I get what you're saying. I think that... And wow, this is like a way bigger conversation that I don't know that we even want to get into today. But it—he is a guy who just kind of got sucked up in the orbit of LeBron. I would have. This is this is the problem with super teams in the NBA. Wouldn't you have loved to have seen a world where Anthony Davis didn't? And you know, not that there's a problem with being second fiddle to LeBron James. Uh, Lord knows, Scottie Pippen had a had a pretty good career riding shotgun with Michael. But the idea of wouldn't you have liked to see a world where Anthony Davis isn't playing second fiddle to a guy and he is forced to be the aggressor and an assertive player? And if you don't, at the age of what 26, just say, okay, I'm the second guy now. Let's go get him, LeBron. I I wonder what that does to a to a player's mentality like I don't think any sport no, but he's had moments where LeBron's been out and he, I mean he had moments yeah, but... with that Pelicans team where he was the lead dog and they got into the playoffs and yeah, I, I don't take this to me don't take this as me saying disagree Anthony mm-hmm. Davis is a winner's winner that's not what I'm trying to say mm-hmm. but I just think that LeBron is such a singular force of nature that and it's different with Dwayne Wade, right? They were peers that joined together. And Chris Bosh was there as well. It was very nice of them to invite him. But Anthony Davis and LeBron James are not peers. I'm sure LeBron tells them they are, mm. but they're not. Like, they're not peers in the in the game. They're not peers of the same generation. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I totally understand what you're saying there, but I think it is... It's a unique player that needs to exist. And this isn't a, it's hard to play with Sidney Crosby situation. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, you could play with LeBron James, but it is a unique player that can exist in that and not have their star kind of dim to a certain extent. Yeah. Dwayne I, Wade is kind of the only guy who's proven. And Kyrie, which again, like uh, Dwayne Wade, normal, mm-hmm. normal and good. Kyrie, eh. 
Maybe this is sour grapes for me, but definitely. Uh, Just just to be clear, uh, yes, everything should have some sour grapes in it this morning. Yeah, he's stomping on it, making some sour grape wine. He had 41 points. He was 13 to 17 from the field, and he made both three-point attempts. This is a guy that historically not somebody that you want taking three-point shots. Like we we want him to. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, almost had a triple-double. I mean, 11 boards and and six assists. Bum, though, as you said. But watch the game. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, watch the game. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. It's just yeah. wild, wild to say about They it. barely won the basketball game having a more than 20-point free throw can attempt I, advantage in a single quarter. Can I give you another stat? Plus minus, which we okay. can quibble with. Zero in yeah, that game. Zero. Uh, okay, before we take the break, here, here's another. LeBron James also zero. So yeah. do with that what you will. You know who wasn't zero yesterday? OG Ananobi for the Knicks. Whew. Knicks are 5-0. and oh. With OG Ananobi, and it trades worked out for both parties tremendously, despite yes. the fact that the Raptors all oh, are only two and two on the road trip. It we say matter. this in three and sport. two with uh, since the trade. It doesn't matter. Basketball trade, a real basketball trade. Yeah, I mean, it's it, neither team wants a do over. No, after the first week and a bit of this thing, it's it's worked out well for they both. Want to hop in a time machine and have made it six weeks earlier? So. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and and Knicks fans are chanting OG Ananobi's name. Um, they're, they're plus 96 points. The, the Knicks are in the last four games, but they're plus 111 when OG Ananobi <laughs> is on the floor. OG, the first and only player in NBA history to post a plus minus north of 100 in his first five games with a franchise. So seems good. That's good. Uh, so congrats to him. Um, but also congrats to the Raptors who are like more than watchable. Yeah. It's, um, Unfortunately for them, they have dug themselves such a hole with their yep. their record to start the season. There's there's a lot of season left to play out. That it's yeah, it's going to take a good run of success here and and maybe beyond the trade deadline and and a lot hinging on the future of of uh, Pascal Siakam. But the, this team there's there's not a matchup they they go into that I think that they have no chance in, and that includes a Lakers team that is the in season tournament champion, and mm-hmm. I know they played poorly since then, but they do have the two headed monster superstar tandem of LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who despite being forty years old, LeBron's still doing it, man. <laughs> it's incredible. Played thirty five minutes yesterday. Um, they, they can they can hang against anyone, and I wouldn't discount them hanging against a, a Clippers team tonight on the back end of back-to-backs with no travel, but a Clippers team that just lost to this Lakers team over the weekend has been one of the hottest teams over the last month. And I want you to remind me of this when we inevitably preview it in the wake and rake later in the show. If there was ever a night the Raptors are going to get calls, mm. it's in L.A. again, going to have all the eyeballs on them, and who cares if the league screws over the Clippers? Mm. It's kind of perfect, although James Harden... Floppy machine. I don't know. It'll be uh, that. I I was thinking about that as soon as I real like as soon as I realized it wasn't just they're in L.A. But it's the back to back. Everyone in the league is going to spend all day talking about Coach Darko's rant tonight. And maybe yeah. you have it where it's so bad that it's like we can't can't make it too obvious. Yeah. But I I don't know if there was ever a night you're due for some calls. You're gonna have all the eyeballs all you, on you again. It's the other L.A. team who the league has no problem screwing over. I kind of love it. I guess. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I know. A night too late, I'm sure. We'll we'll, we'll see. We'll see what what kind of discipline oh, is then, handed down to Darko Ryakovic as well. And then maybe we get maybe we get back to back crazy. Maybe we get Balmer tomorrow morning. Um, we'll see. We will. We can see. dream. We're 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 gonna circle back around to the oh, Raptors yes. and talk about this. Uh, I even have like Leaf parallels for the. Like <laughs> I know this. Is, I did I did not want to bring it up here because okay. I wanted to give the Raptors their right due, but. 
what, as soon as I saw that from Darko last night, uh-huh. well, not as soon as, because I also was mad when I woke up this morning and saw it and said, mm, good, happy he said I, that. I went to bed right after the final horn and then this morning woke up to, yeah, yeah the Darko to see that. Be, but I had a, I did have a leaf thought of, hmm, uh, where, how would that exist in Leafland? So maybe we'll do that when we continue. Obviously a lot from, you know, just so much to pick at uh, from the 7-1 win last night against the Sharks. Yeah. Uh, for Jonesy. Uh, first. For Jonesarer. Yeah, firstly, though. Ahead of the 2024 Rogers NHL All-Star Game this year, we'll be giving away family four-packs of tickets to the NHL Fan Fair coming to Toronto February 1st through the 4th. It's a four-day family-friendly fan festival. That's a lot of Fs. At uh, the Metro Toronto Convention Center, offering fans of all teams and ages awesome activities such as the Rogers Hardest Shot Skills Competition. Saw so your, your young son taking some slappers <sighs> Yeah, on if Instagram. There, the if there day. is a U4 division there, mm. you're in trouble. Uh, it also includes special appearances by current NHL players and alumni. We will be giving away these four packs of tickets in every episode until January 26. So be sure to stay tuned for your chance to win. When we come back, what takeaways can you have when your hockey team plays the San Jose Sharks? We'll try and figure that one out next. As the Fan Morning Show continues, Ben Annis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We've always known we're capable of, uh, but we've just found a groove, uh, found some comfort in playing the close games. Uh, you know, we come out of that Columbus game, which I thought we played a good game in that one, but it's a mess, right? You, know, you give up six or lose the game. Gets the team's attention. You know, you get a chance as a coach to get the team's attention. And nobody likes that. You don't like, you don't feel good coming out of that game. And uh, things just kind of snap into place. I mean, over 82 games, you snap into one of these stretches where things go well and you're feeling good and you're, and you're in a groove. And then you get some stretches where you just can't quite get it. You're out of sorts. So right now we're, we're, in, a, we're in a good uh, good groove and feeling good about how we've performed here of late. Uh, schedule's going to get both this year and, and more difficult uh, the rest of this month. So you know, we've got to keep building on this. Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, the fan. That was Sheldon Keefe uh, talking about Elias Samsonov's final game uh, of the season. To this point, and who knows, he's skating with the Marlies, who, again, play on Friday this week. Um, that Columbus game, yeah, okay. Yeah, it was a mess. In that, Leafs <laughs> yeah. played pretty well. And since then, no doubt, they played a better defensive game and they, they, they've beaten a good team, and they played well at home against Carolina over that span as well mm-hmm. in a 3-2 loss. Uh, Kings have fallen on hard times, though, recently. Um, they've also beat up on some bottom feeders, and it, and it took an overtime goal to beat the Ducks, um, and they only scored three against a goalie in San Jose. One was an empty netter mm-hmm. and a 4-1 victory. Yesterday, no issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 7-1 win over a Sharks team that, may never win again. What's the losing streak? 12? 12 now. In, in regulation? Their second 10-plus lose, game losing streak this year. And in the middle of those double-digit losing streaks, they were like actually like above 500. And Weird. They have nine victories this season against nine they different teams. They tried to kill the Oilers. Yeah, they, they did. did. They did. Jay Woodcroft, they ended his career in, in Edmonton. They've also, I mean... One of the, the talks of the NHL start to the season from this country's mm. perspective is the Canucks and Jets being 
the two top point right, getters yeah. in the NHL. Both of those teams have lost to the San Jose Sharks. Leafs swept them as they should. Cause like that's that's an abysmal, awful hockey team. God, they're so bad. C- congrats and like I guess there's yeah, it's fun to to watch a, a team put up seven goals and there's guys that needed to get on the score sheet, like Nick Robertson getting one late mm. in that game. That guy was like, I'm not taking my foot off the gas. Like, give me, give me some more time. Uh, on Brad the power play. start sending that one around in the NHL GM's group chat with right. just eyeball emojis like hmm or and, the like thinking face where you have your fingers <laughs> on the chin. Pontus Holmberg having oh, like the goal for the ages. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you have a big takeaway from yesterday's game? The, here's the big takeaway is that, you know, we all laugh and I was texting with people last night. Going, I can't get into this fair. That's fine. Like we're all adults. We don't need to sit there and laugh at a laugher. You need a few of these through the year. Leaf games are so hard for no reason. Sometimes go back to that ducks game. Mm-hmm. We just talked about where they put up a, a trillion shots. I, I actually believe they invented a new number for the amount of shot attempts they put on goal in that, in that quadrillion. Game. Yeah, maybe who knows? I don't know. I, I don't, they actually had more shot attempts in that game than they did yesterday against the sharks. It was over a hundred yeah. shot attempts against the ducks yeah. in a game that went to overtime. So, for every game like that, you don't need one like this, but for all the games that have gone like that for the Leafs, and we can go back to Vemelka in the desert a few years ago, or he who shall not be named against the Hurricanes, David Ayers coming in. For all the games that just go ways they should not, it's so nice to have one like this. Wherever it's point night, everybody's laughing, everybody's happy. You get to take your foot off the gas. We have talked so much about Keefe running these guys into the ground. And I actually don't have a problem with it, but I think it's a fair topic of conversation. Morgan Riley played 20 minutes last night. I suppose there will be people who say that's still too much, but even a guy like Pontus Holmberg, he's up over 13. You're just able to spread the minutes out and your big boys still get on the score sheet. It was just a nice stress-free night. You could have it at home mm. where people just get to be laughing it up and yucking it up. And there wasn't a moment where you go, Oh, Oh, there's the one and the game's going to get tight all of a sudden. It just never happens. So no big picture takeaway, mm, but you I need one. one of those. Exhale for me. I actually have one. Oh, okay. You're talking about playing time and mm. yeah, they're getting to spread it out and roll yeah. four lines and, and uh, you know, second power play unit, getting some time. Mm. And, yeah. scores power play goals. You know, who got zero minutes yesterday. Dennis Hildeby. <laughs> Or Ilya Samsonov. <laughs> and you know who they're done with? They're done with the Sharks, right? They don't play in the Western Conference. You play Western Conference mm-hmm. teams twice, once at home, once yep. once on the road. That's okay. And then there's other, there's other, you know, lesser lights in the NHL, but nobody liked the Sharks. No. The Sharks or the, are, or the Blackhawks, who you've also played both your games against. Yeah. And especially now. And, but yeah, there's no Connor Bedard now. And I mean, the others had their issues with them yesterday and just barely escaped the victory. It's the Oilers, though. Um, are they good? We'll table that for later. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they are in a playoff position, by the way. Uh, that didn't take very long. Shocker. Uh, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, that was your get right game for everybody that needed to get right. And mm-hmm. I mentioned the Nick Robertson, like nobody needed that more than yep. him. Who's been out of the lineup and Pontus Holmberg seems to be a guy that everybody loves. Mm-hmm. Mitch Marner called him his favorite, favorite player in the NHL, which almost felt like an okay. insult. No, or you know what? I, you're doing your point. I'm not going to interrupt you, but please remind me to circle back to that. Okay. Go ahead. No, the point is, okay. I, I get it. If you just, your plan is to never play Dennis Hill to be right. Like mm-hmm. ding, ding, I, ding. I, and maybe that's the plan. But if the plan is then to call Ilya Samsonov up for one of... I don't think they're starting Martin Jones in both games on the back-to-back, despite them being at home. But mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to go 
two straight back-to-backs with the <laughs> now, actually, happy birthday, Martin Jones. Today's his birthday. He's turning 34 today. I don't think they're going to go back-to-back. Martin Jones, a couple of spry young guys. Yeah, I don't think it's they're going to go back-to-back, back-to-backs <laughs> with Martin Jones, who's your meal ticket now. So somebody other than Martin Jones is going to be starting probably the, the second game against the Detroit Red Wings. Mm-hmm. And even if it's Samsonov, right? Like, the plan is to call him back up. What better way to get him? Like, you know who needs more? Who needs to, to get off to a good start and their return to the NHL as opposed to, like, their first game in the NHL? Ilya Samsonov would would really benefit from playing a San Jose Sharks team who they just wasted. Like, they, they wasted that 60 minutes. If you're going to... And I guess you can't assume anything. Mm-hmm. And nine teams, you know, maybe made a mistake in assuming that two points were available against the San Jose Sharks. But holy cow, especially the way you're playing, the way they're playing, if if you're going to start one of those unproven or struggling goaltenders on the weekend, boy, what a wasted opportunity to get him into a hockey game against the worst team in the NHL yesterday. This will shock you. I disagree. Uh, I think you can make that case a little bit for Hildeby. If you're making the argument that Samsonov is never coming back and he is dead and gone and will not play again for this team and he's just poking around for the absolute break glass in case of emergencies, 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 then, okay, I can hear the argument for getting Hildeby in that game. The thing that keeps jumping out to me when you read Bukla scouting reports on him or you just read anything is his ability to play the puck it's not that it's not good. He's not going to see it, though. That, well, I don't know that that's true. The clips they show of him, and hey, it's like, yeah, I can, you know, you can cut a pack many different ways, and who knows what else he was working on. It was exactly that. It was him handling the puck. I don't think they trust him to do it in an NHL game. And if they don't trust him to do that, I don't think they're going to put him between the pipes. If you were, the Sharks game is the place to do it. Now, Samsonov, I actually think, is a completely different animal. I think you almost need to go the other way with Samsonov. And I want to be clear. I'm not putting him in the net. I'm not putting him in net. So if, what, are you, what are you doing this, this weekend? Sorry, not to derail yeah. your point. No, no, that's fine. I, if, it were, if it were me, I'd be fine with giving Hill to be one of those games. I don't think that's what they're going to do. I think it's more likely they trade for a guy than it's Jones or Samsonov in that spot. I really do. But I think if you're going to go to Samsonov, I actually think you have more credence, or I shouldn't say credence, but you have a better chance of getting a better version of him, not saying we think so little of you that we had to find you. If we could play against a KHL team, we would, but we can't. Our our games uh, that are preseason exhibition games, they've already been scheduled. So we have to schedule against the Sharks. I think that just further hammers home the we think you're no good, you can't do it in this league point that is probably rattling around, giving him, to borrow a Mitch Mariner phrase, shambles in his brain right now. I mean, he's already been waived. Like, I don't know how you're I getting think, away from that. But the, what has he been doing? I'm not, again, don't yeah. take this as me getting believing paid. anything that's been happening with the Marlies is working. You're going <laughs> to fix Samsonov. But if you believe that you You've been able to build him up or you've been able to do good work. The way to prove that or to show that to him isn't we have found the biggest cupcake we will ever have for the rest of the season on the schedule and we're going to put you there. No, it's we're going to play you in a real game against a real NHL team in Detroit in the back half of the back-to-back. I'm not doing it, but I actually think if you're the Leafs and you do want Samsonov back, which again, I don't know is the plan. I really don't think it is. I think you have a better version of getting a 
I think you have a better chance of getting a better version of Sansonov against a real team. This isn't me saying put him in against the Avs or something along those lines, but the Red Wings are far from world beaters here, mm. and I think that that is a cromulent NHL team where you're not saying to him, we think you're no good. So I actually think if you're going to put Samsonov in a spot, that Detroit game is kind of nah, perfect is too strong a term because I don't want him to see the crease. But for them, maybe that is the best spot of all of them. I mean, not only is it a conference opponent, it's a divisional opponent yep. in Detroit. It's it's an opponent that is only But if you don't think he can back. play, then he shouldn't be playing. Well, they don't think he can play. So yes, he's with the Marlies yes, right now. Exactly. It. That's why. That's why I'm not. <laughs> and, I, and as much as he, uh, Dennis Hildeby hasn't appeared in a, an NHL game, yep. so like the indication is that they don't believe that he's capable of stopping pucks in mm-hmm. an NHL game. He is factually here, and like at any point, yep. you know, Martin Jones could go down with an injury. He don't, could have a. Don't you say that, Ben? Yeah, he could have a, a reason to be removed from for sure a game in like once you put a guy on an NHL <laughs> bench right. and you put He's the there. uniform on like you are open to the possibility that Dennis Hildeby is going to be playing in hockey games. even Jet Alexander got in a game last year right so if if you're just going to throw him to the Wolves against Detroit on Sunday and say have at it Haas and I, you know what there is an argument for that yeah. like hey the the bar is actually much lower, right? Like, hey, we understand that this is a tougher opponent than mm-hmm. the Sharks. Where, like, if if it is, you know, the Sharks, and you're only you're seeing, I think, in the first period, the Sharks had one high danger yes. shot attempt uh, against Martin Jones. Like, yeah, the, okay. So if you allow the one goal, like that, that feels even worse than mm-hmm. if you allowed the three, four, or five against the Detroit Red Wings. I get it, but yeah, just if it were me again, I, I would, I'd be. Doing two things: one, protecting your now meal ticket in Martin Jones, who Joe Wall on the ice though, still a ways away, but he was on the ice. Thirty-four years old. Um, yeah, Joe Wall was on the ice yesterday, but nobody putting a timeline nope. on on his return. Just to me, the, get back the to work. Crease. I mean, it is a good sign that the guy with the high ankle sprain yeah. is on the ice like and skating. A really good sign. The same day that Ilya Samsonov uh, participated in a in a skate with the the Toronto Marlies. Always it's, feeling the heat. You're saying, yeah, it's. Um, <laughs> It's uh it's a wasted opportunity in, in my opinion. That being said, the guys on the ice, they they took advantage of it. Um William Nylander with 3 points. Sorry, sorry. Just putting a bit of a bow on the goaltending thing. So if it I just want to get us both on record so we can both be wrong inevitably by the time Monday rolls around next mm-hmm. week. If it were you, you would go Martin Jones first game, Dennis Hill to be second game of the back-to-back this yeah. weekend. That's what you would do? Yeah, I mean Avs and Red Wings. It's the 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 schedule yeah. can't get any easier factually mm-hmm. when you play back to back games against the San Jose Sharks. Yep. But yeah, it's it, there's there's no obvious place to to put a guy making his NHL debut. I would have got, gotten his feet wet in either the Ducks game in Anaheim or either of these Sharks games. But yeah, barring that. Like, I'm not starting Martin Jones in both games again. I would not be doing that as well, especially because there's just no world where it's an easy there's no world where it's an easy night. Yeah, the workload's going to be a little different for Martin Jones, okay, I think, I, against the Avalanche. Can I pose one crazy circumstance that's not going to happen to you for the goaltending? Okay. And this is just like a think-outside-the-box idea. We don't do this. But let's say the Avalanche game goes the way the Sharks game went last night. It almost never does. But the Leafs have beaten up. The, like, go look sure. at the, the game log from I this mean, Leafs-Avalanche team. Yeah, and the, the yeah. Kings game, like, that's, yeah, they, they can do it against good teams as Let, well as crappy teams. Let's say you're through two periods and it's 6-1. Do you tell Martin Jones to uh, to go uh, take 
take his uh, helmet off and put on a ball cap, and yeah. then you get the kid's feet wet, and then you uh, go back to Martin Jones for the back half after giving him a period off. I want to be very clear yeah. on this. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay. Like, it was a like, thought exercise? No, no. Okay. This is not like, yeah, this is not like the NFL where it's like, ah, okay, well, the starter is, you know, you know he's going to go on the shelf for the fourth quarter to protect himself from injury. Now, this is... Would you have wanted to see the kid go in for a period last night just to get his feet wet? Not not to protect Jones, just to get the kid's feet wet? Would you have wanted that, or you think that's, stardom? That's a bizarre situation. That's just not something no, that, it's not. that is done or goaltenders prepare for in the NHL. So, yeah, and nobody... So and, no. and they never pulled a goalie before three minutes until Patrick Waugh came around. Sure. Like, I want to be clear. Just throwing it out there. No. Idea. I'm not... Not uh, don't be it. afraid to start him in the all at right. the beginning right. of the hockey think, game against the team that lost 12 straight now in regulation. And if they lose tomorrow against the Habs, the Sharks will have gone more than a month uh, between victories. So Great job. Honestly, Mike Greer, well done. Building, yeah, building a hell of a team there. Tough, man. No, that, that, no, actually, that's exactly what he's supposed to do. The, the kid, Celebrini, is going to be the first pick. It's mm-hmm. like he's a junior Shark, all that Good job. That's what you're supposed to do. You got to build it up quickly, but yeah. good job. Okay, so the counting stats were there for uh, Leafs players, and they got a couple of goals from defensemen, which you don't see. Mm. I don't see every day. Uh, Jake McCabe making $2 million because the salary is half retained. Quite a shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was, I mean, into a gaping net, but uh, yeah, he, he he got it done. Austin Matthews, 31st goal of the season. Mitch Marner, four points. William Nylander, three points in his first game under the new contract. Mitch Marner... Um, it's funny, like he's, he's, talking. he's, he's gone below the radar. And I think for, for good reason, like there's, it, it's been a much more inconsistent season for him than it was a year ago where you could rightly make the for claim sure. that he was the best Leafs player start to finish a very down year shooting wise for Ross Matthews and health might've been a part of it. He moves past uh, Frank Mahovlich, who you may have heard of uh, for seventh in Leafs history in points. Mm. He's also on pace for 37 goals and 95 points. He's a 99-point player, quite notably, a mm-hmm. season ago. Mm, down year. Is he having like? Is he having a good year? Like, is he having a good year? Because the counting stats are right there, Brent. 37 goals. That's 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 legit. Is he yeah. having a good year? Yeah. If Mitch Marder finishes the season with 37 goals, I think we all look at it and say, yeah, that is a good year. But I also think you look at the player and the standard he set for himself. And, you know, I joke that Jake McCabe's full name uh, because of the salary cap is Jake McCabe, $2 million retained. Mitch Marner's full name is Mitch Marner, Selkie level winger. And, you know, I don't, I don't think he's been bad defensively this year or anything along that, but I don't know that he has been the same selkie level guy that we've seen at times past. There's been also, you know, parts of the year where he just hasn't seemed to have had the same confidence with the puck. You know, I know some people have pointed to, uh, this is about three weeks ago now, but when he had the fishbowl on, he gets the player, the game belt, and he's got mm. a wrap around his wrist, his hand. We spent a lot of time mm. talking about another skill guy in this market and what that can do. So, you know, if much like Matthews, if we're going to give him credit for 40 goals in a down year where we think he was banged up and he was because he went and had something to clean up that wrist this summer. If there is something lingering for Marner, that's causing him to be a slightly lesser version of himself, uh, then it's still pretty impressive. And I'm happy you bring up the, the track record he's on or the pace he's on here because it certainly doesn't feel like a 37 goal year career high for him, which would be the 95 points that feels about right. It feels like he's been not bad offensively, but just a tick below what he's been. And guess what? That would be four points below. And you have a, a couple more nights like last night. And all of a sudden it changes. 
I'd be lying if I didn't watch that game thinking, oh, okay. So he wants his money now too. I mean, part of it is his points night. Part of it is the Sharks, but you could not have better timing than William Nylander gets handed the richest contract in team history. And the guy who is next in line Mm -hmm. to sign his contract extension uh, has a four point night. Yep. And depending on how that contract negotiation plays out, Mitch Marner is going to end up as the, the leading point getter in, in franchise history. He's at uh, now 598. Matt Sundin, the leader, 987 points. Austin Matthews isn't going to have to wait to sign another contract to become the franchise's leading goal scorer. So, like, say he only scores 30 more, which would give him 61 for the season, which is... Slouch. It, it would be his career high, but it would be below the 70 goal pace that he set. Like, I don't think it's unreasonable to think about 30 more goals for him. That would put him at 360 for his career. Yep. Matt Sundin owns the franchise record 420. So just one 60 goal season away. It's, it's not inconceivable that Austin Matthews in his ninth season at what? 27 years old could be one of the most storied franchises in the history of the NHL. Their all time leading goal scorer next season. He is going to be their all-time leading goal scorer probably before he is in top 10 in careers games played for this franchise. If you look at the guys above him, so Ron Ellis is right above him at 332. Matthews is two behind him. Sorry, Ron. I think he's going to catch you. He has over 1,000 games played. Next guy on the list, Dave Keon, over 1,000 games played. Sittler, 844. Sundin, 981. As Leafs, those numbers Matt Sundin is at just over 500 at 518. He has roughly half of the amount of games, some of these guys who are above him. And, you know, Dave Keon, well-rounded player. I'm like, we're not, we don't need to do the compare and contrast, but guess what? Sorry, that's the best leaf ever. We've been saying it for two years and he's only continued to stamp at home. We know what needs to come. We know it cannot you know, there is always going to be a massive asterisk on the best mm. leaf ever if all he has to show for it is one series win over the mm. Tampa Bay Lightning. That's always going to color the conversation for sure, for sure, for sure it My is. God. But guess what? I don't think it's going to because no. I refuse to believe that this guy and Marner and Nylander and, hey, guy who doesn't get enough credit in these conversations, Morgan Riley as well, I refuse to believe that it all ends with just one round win. Yeah. They might not win a Stanley Cup. Like, they no, might not. Hard. It, that, that's hard? I mean, they might win a Stanley Cup, in which case... And the like, great the, ones the, always do. Yeah, it's it's cemented home, obviously. this Everybody gets to to wear the crown of the, oh, the greatest generation of Leaf players in history. But my God, yeah, they're going to win more than one single round, which uh, is all they have to show for it Please. for seven years. Please. I mean... Please. Knock, knock on wood. Please. <laughs> All right. Please. When we come back, uh, we'll get back into Darko Ryakovich's screed against the officials yesterday. And is there a benefit to a head coach doing that? That and more next as the fan morning show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.